Hi, welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, welcome to the show today. We are on episode 98, getting so close to the 100th episode. And that's going to be a really personal episode. I kind of told you about it the other day. I wanted to do something special. I wanted to have a great interview. Um, the guy who I was going to interview, still am interviewing. Um, won't I won't be able to make it by episode 100, and that's okay. Um, but I mentioned last time, I've got some really interesting stuff I want to tell you. Kind of my thoughts and philosophies on a certain uh, topic, which, again, you can go back and listen to the old ep- uh, last episode to give you a little more detail on what that is. But today I want to talk again about program design. So we're getting back into this thought of how to put together programs. What, what, what are the best practices? And we want to first take that 30,000 foot view of a program and understand what needs to go into this to make it effective. So not just the exercise selection and rest intervals and load and volume and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that's super important. But that's going to be the easy stuff, right? What we want to look at first is understanding how people receive information and, and how the information we give out is received and perceived. So there's a lot of different things. And we talked a little bit about um, some some examples of learned helplessness and taught helplessness. So people using products or, or, or learning things that they've tried to do and it just doesn't make sense to them or they haven't had success. So they've had this, they kind of feel helpless. They can't figure it out. You know, it's like, I I think I use the example of that watch, you know, that has no buttons on it. How do you set your watch? How do you set the alarm? I don't know. So you just start pressing buttons versus one that has a button on the side that says set alarm or alarm or, you know, timer or whatever. That's a little more intuitive. Now it may not look as sleek and that's okay. So there's a different, there's no reason you can't have that. But you know, an 85 page manual is also sometimes very confusing. So you have to look at what your design is and what your goals are and your outcomes. Now for us, we're not designing watches. We're not designing products, physical products, which we can talk about. And and I probably will a little bit today um, just to give some examples, but we're talking about designing programs. And I, and I believe I mentioned last time, think in terms of someone's going to be reading your program and having to interpret it again, as we are the coach, if we have a live athlete that we're training, you know, in front of us, we can coach them and tell them, give them the feedback, understand, they'll understand what they're doing if we help them and give them the right feedback. If we let them get away with bad form and we don't tell them and we're like, geez, that guy can't do a bent over row. Well, he can't because we haven't taught him how. He doesn't know he's doing it incorrectly. He hasn't gotten the right feedback, right? So that's easy when we're there. That's what we should be doing every day. And I know every one of us listening has probably let a couple bad reps slide in their life. And that's, well, that's not cool. We shouldn't have done that, but we did. And we we have learned and will learn and continue to get better. But what if you're trying to design this program to, to send someone in the online space? How is this program going to be received? So before we even talk about how to put together the program itself, which again is going to be the bulk of what we talk about in this series, 
we need to understand how people learn and, and what goes into it. So we've already talked about, you know, the learned helplessness and things like that. So, um, and, and how people kind of interpret these things and come up with their own ideas based on their own um, uh, uh, experiences. A very pragmatic way of looking at things. Well, I've tried this, it didn't work. I've tried that, it didn't work. I tried these two combined, it didn't work. Well, maybe they never really did it properly or maybe as it was written, it didn't make sense. So here's a good example. I have a strength and conditioning book. Uh, it's a program that uh, a strength coach wrote and it's a great program, I love it. Um, I think it's a very effective program. That's beside the point. I don't love how it was written. Because even myself, who is a certified strength coach, has an exercise science degrees, several of them, right? But I read the program and it didn't make sense right off the bat. Now, I was, you know, said, came to the conclusion, oh, I probably shouldn't have jumped to page eight where the actual workouts started, right? Because I was thinking, I don't need to read through this. I'm just going to jump right in and start following this program, right? Well, it didn't make sense when I first looked at it. And I had to go back and start reading, oh, this is what his terminology is. This is what it means. This is what it means. So it made more sense. And clearly the author assumed uh, that anyone who got his book would just read read page one and then just go through, start page one and go through and get to the actual workout and know what to do. But what happens was a lot of people just jump right to it, as I did. And then if I had followed the program how I thought I was interpreting it, I would not have gotten the benefit from the program and I would have like, yeah, it's not such a great program. Now, clearly going back and reading it, I did understand what to do and it made perfect sense. And again, I like the program. But that being said, one simple thing he could have done was at the top of that page where the program started, stop right here if you have not read the previous seven pages. Okay, then I would say, okay, I'm not gonna even look at this, I need to understand that first. Okay, still somewhat of a design flaw, right? We, we should know that we open a book and we start on page one and we keep going, but we know people in this kind of, this getting this kind of information are probably gonna jump ahead. So we need to think about that when we're writing the programs. You need to ask yourself all those, you know, kind of devil's advocate kind of questions. Or not even just the devil's advocate style of question, but, but like a question like, what are some things that, that you have heard people ask you about your programs before. Take all that into consideration. Put yourself in their shoes. You know what you're you know what it is for you. You know what it means when you write something. But like think about this. Sometimes people write out you're going to do 3 sets of 2 repetitions as 3 times 2 or 3 by 2. Okay? That's that's a standard way of writing it. I know what that means. But some people will say, um, you know, that you're going to do uh, five reps six times. So five times six. Okay. So if I wrote five by six and I really wanted six by five, or if I wrote ten by two rather than two sets of ten, it's going to get completely different <laughs> results, right? So you have to be clear on, what, on how your nomenclature is and what you're after. And it shouldn't have to be something you search out. It shouldn't have to be something you read. Um, so sometimes people write, um, uh, 
you're gonna do three sets of five, and then one set of five plus. Uh, okay, five plus what? And, and again, it probably explains that somewhere, but it needs to be explained or needs to be understood when someone reads it the first time. And that's ideal. Now that may be very wordy, which is why say the author might choose to have a paragraph, please read this first, then proceed with the program, which is again, understandable. But how it's then delivered needs to somehow screen that. It needs That needs to be understood. That needs to be a given. Um, so these kind of design ideas are based on how people learn and how people use the information and knowledge that's out in the world already to kind of make inferences and, and understand how to work things. Because you don't have to have all the knowledge in the world to start a new program. You don't even have to have the greatest precision or mastery of, of a topic to follow a program. It just needs to be intuitive. So we're gonna we're gonna experience things, but we 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 put that whatever this new information is with what's in our brain, the memory in our head or the knowledge in our head, and we can infer and understand what needs to be done based on what's given to us. So for example, if I'm driving down the street and I've got a sign and I see a, a, a yellow diamond sign I know that there's gonna be a caution or a yield um, and I'm gonna to have to do something when I get up to the sign I can then read the sign and know what to do I don't have to understand where every wreck is or where every construction site is I just have to understand oh I see the sign I know from my past experiences when I see this sign that's shaped this way and this is color it's it's cautioning me about something and then I can find out what it is But like I said, you don't have to be a master at things. You don't have to have um, uh, prior mastery of something to, un to do it. So if you kind of understand what's going on from previous memory, and then you can read the instructions and understand the instructions, they're very clear, then you can probably get the, the behavior that you want, or your client will get the behavior that you want them to get. But there are some other things like physical restraints or physical barriers, and this is this is where it gets a little tricky, right? So I might write. Um, I wrote a program for one of my new training clients um, uh, about. It's more of a bodybuilding style workout. So there's a lot of cable machines, and I might say cable row. All right. So if on my program she reads cable row, she's gonna have to then go look up, Google it, find out what it is. Okay, now she sees a picture of it. It may not be the variation or the style that I want her to do in, right? So I might say V-handle cable row. Okay, so now she knows what attachment I want her to use. Okay, um, I could say V-handle row, um, with a certain tempo, what does that mean? So again, you see what I'm saying? You can write all these things, but it can be interpreted a lot of different ways if she does a Google search. So what do you do? Maybe you put a hyperlink on your program so it links it to a video of either you or someone doing exactly what you want them to do. So that's that's helpful, right? But there's other physical restraints. If the machine that they're on is a Nautilus brand machine and the gym that they're at has Cybex, the pins may look different. The um, 
there might be other physical barriers that get in the way of, of understanding it correctly. So in the description that you write, or if you send a video, this is how you do it, you might voice over, be sure to look here on the machine that you have, it should tell you how to perform. Usually on those machines, there's a little diagram that tells you how to move the pins and you know select the weight or what have you. So it's always going to be a little bit different and you have to assume that people are gonna fumble and not understand things right away, so you have to be clear. So if your instructions are clear, they will get the results that you want them to get. Okay, but you also have to remember, and this is where it gets a little trickier, even trickier, is that there are, there's only so much memory, right? We have a short-term memory that can hold on to just a few things, you know, five, six, seven, eight things, depending on our our overall capacity and what we can actually do. But, but really, um, the, the main thing is just we have these slots that we can hold on to temporary information and we can recall it and we can you know use it to oh I remember your name or oh I remember this passcode I you can remember little things like that but if you get distracted while you're trying to remember that or while you're trying to recall that that memory can be gone and replaced by something else we've, we've all lost some short-term memory it happens every day and there's there's only so many slots in your brain before your brain then packs that information, forms a, what they call a schema, and packs that information in your long-term memory to be recalled later. Now when it's packed away in long-term memory, it's not necessarily packed away in a detailed transcribed account of exactly everything you need to know. It's It packs it away using references, using reminders, using things in your brain um, and things that are in the real, real, real world to recall that memory or recall that information, right? So you know, like when you listen to a song from when you were like 15, 14, 13 years old, sometimes it can call up the exact memory. Oh, I remember listening to the song while I was, you know, riding my bike because um, I got that CD for Christmas and I put it in my discman and now I'm on my bike. You guys, remember the discman? Oh yeah. Anyhow, these these can bring trigger those memories. So there's something in the world, right, that trigger that memory. You don't necessarily think about that every day. You don't go through that memory bank of everything that you have every single day. Things trigger and pull that out. So for example, when you're writing a program, if I say, if I'm too wordy, if I give too much information, if there's a lot coming at you, a lot of detail, a lot of moving parts, a lot of cells to look at, a lot of all those things, kind of like I explained with that Excel program I wrote for, for the football team. What's going to happen is your brain gets overloaded and it, and it doesn't know you know, where to call or what to call uh, up from memory. But if it's clear and concise and it's going to say this, 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 and this, oh yeah, how do I, I haven't done a bent over row in a minute, boom, I remember how to do it. You recall that it's been packed away, it's been stored away, even if you didn't remember exactly as soon as you see the video or as soon as um, you even pull it up before the video starts oh yeah yeah that, that's what I remember how to do it now so those things can come back to because we store them pack it away using different associative things to help bring it back out so we can then use it right so I know that's kind of a, a lot uh, to think about when you're writing your program because again we just want to we just want to write a program right 
we just want to write something out that, you know, do three sets of 10 bicep curls and three sets of eight squats and have our clients just do that and know exactly what we mean and not even think about how we deliver the program. And that's, that would be ideal, but you know, not always, not always what we can get away with. So just things to remember when you're providing your program. Again, I, I could go on and get really crazy in depth on writing out all or going over all the the ways people memorize things and, and um, think about things. But what I really want you to understand and what I really want you to take home is that there are certain things that you're going to encounter, certain questions you're going to encounter when you're writing your programs that use that are intuitive to you that may not seem intuitive back um, or to the client. And so you have to design your program so that they can understand it and follow it without any questions or without any um, misinformation. Because if they don't follow it correctly, they're not going to get the program you want, or they're not going to get the you know, benefits that you want them to get out of that program. All right. So a couple of things I want to talk about today. And that is, um, I have mentioned this a couple times about social media and about, um, you know, my frustration sometimes looking at social media uh, and running into, let's say, the misinformation that's out there. I talked about this on the last podcast. So what I'm going to do to help combat that, um, you know, we talked about getting the right information out there. I said that the, the answer to this or the, the way to change the fitness industry's mind is to, you know, shout from the rooftops the good stuff, right? To praise the good stuff, quit looking at the bad stuff, quit liking it, quit giving it any attention. And the more we talk about the good stuff, the better it will be, the more it will come to the surface. So I like to think I have some information. I like to think my clients bring me good information and bring me questions that I can then help and, and, and let other people understand the same you know, um, uh, information that they might have, you know, cause they might have the same question. So what we're going to start doing on our Instagram page is putting out, um, some content that is going to be helpful. It's not going to be like tips on, you know, how to increase your bench press or those kind of tips. It's going to be more science-based things like what, what really is intermittent fasting all about? What really is, you know, keto, uh, diet, the keto diet really all about. And we want to put it out there in a very quick and easy digestible way. We don't want you to have to go read a bunch of articles. Um, and that's that's kind of what I've done on the podcast, right? I've, I've given you guys some information, some articles, kind of briefly given them over, uh, given them to you. But I'm not going to go into great detail. Um, but I can provide the links and I can provide the the sources for you know any information I put out there. Because again, I can... I can come up, I can make a lot of claims, I can say a lot of things, but I want to be able to back it up and I want it to be information that is just kind of cutting through, um, you know, the minutia that is out there. All right, that is all.